Hey guys, this is Drew Schmidt from The Random Anything, and you're listening to The Infinite Rabbit Hole. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for a while now. Um, I got exposed to you guys uh, from Asher's from uh, Wednesday We Talk Weird. Uh, keep up the great work. Love it. to the Infinite Rabbit Hole Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going to dive back into the Phantom Black Dog legend. This time, we're going to go overseas and we're going to go back to where it all supposedly began in the UK. Before we do that, let's go ahead and bring in the the cast members. Jeff, what's going on with you today, dude? Tis I, I'm Jeff, I'm here, I'm ready. Let's go. Right on. Kenzar, how are you doing? Fantastic. Ready to dive deep into this one. Again. Huh? Again. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we're actually recording an hour after we were planned to because we've already tried recording this three times already today. And luck is just not on our side. So we're going to try this one last time. Hopefully it works because we have a very special guest for everybody today. He had on on his podcast twice minus jeff we had jake and you'll also notice that we don't have jake today uh because we're starting so late jake has other things that he needs to do you know at a certain time and he's just not going to be able to to stay with us the entire time although he was planning on being here that's a little bit of my fault a little bit of technology's fault a little bit of the universe's fault or is the universe fake jake or jeff the universe is a, is a hologram decoded uh, by our hologram mind. Hashtag fake universe. I didn't say that. I said it's a hologram. Hashtag fake universe. Oh, now he's here. Hi. Oh, well, <laughs> never mind. Jake is here. Um, Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Change of plans, and I jumped on real quick. We're already two minutes in recording. Hopefully that works out pretty good. If not... Whatever. I'm not starting over again because this is ridiculous. <laughs> What's this, number five? This It's something ridiculous. Anyways, um, let's go ahead and bring in the guest from overseas. He had us on his podcast two times already, like I've already said, without Jeff because Jeff, you know, doesn't care about other people's podcasts. He only cares about his own and nobody else's, especially... Adams and Adam comes from the Tales from the Animal Kingdom podcast over there in Merry Old England. How you doing, Adam? Yeah, I'm all good, man. Oh shh. Adam's <laughs> pissed too. Everyone's pissed. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought for a second there that Adam's uh Adam's mic was messed up. I was <laughs> like I was like, well that's it. <laughs> Literally would have been a sign. We are an hour past due already. Adam, I want to be the first to say I'm sorry, man. This is uh, not normally how this goes, and this is completely unprofessional. But we're not a very professional podcast, so you just got to deal whoa, with it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're 
you're not professional. Speak for yourself, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Goodness Why don't you spoon feed it to Adam, too? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, I'll take that. That's fine for today. That'll that'll do. <laughs> Anyways, Adam, uh, welcome to the Infinite Rabbit Hole, man. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, man. It's good to, it's good to see everyone. It's good to be here. Yeah? Yeah, man. We all have faces. Except yep. me. Still mm-hmm. can't see yours. Oh, actually, we can. There's going to be a picture of you holding a nice drink. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Think I, actually, yes. I think I actually okay. stole that as well. I think I actually stole that uh, pint glass as well. Because I'm just a dirty oh, English man who steals pint glasses, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> very, very <laughs> well. Good stuff. So what do you know about the uh, black dog? What, what do I know? Right. Well, I did know a lot. And the last hour has kind of wiped out everything from my brain um, because we've had some interesting <laughs> conversations and stuff off air. Uh, but on, honestly, dude, um, when you said about it and was like, oh, you know, you was going into the, uh, the Phantom Black Dogs and stuff like that, I had a look and I've never heard about it before. Even being from England, really? I've never, yeah, man, I've never heard of it before. Uh, so I was quite interested to have a look. And then when I listened to the part one, I was like, oh, Oh, cool, man. So it is, you know, it is over my end of the woods. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm open to receive anything you've got. And if you guys haven't guessed yet, Adam's Adam doesn't have a paranormal podcast. He has more of a what do you call it, a talk show podcast? Uh, yeah, I, I talk to anyone about anything. Really, that's the kind of uh, niche that I'm going for with the podcast. So yeah, I, I have anyone on from like well, anything really. If you like trains or if you like anything i'll come I'll, you know come on the show and talk to me about it. <laughs> well that sounds like an exciting episode let's talk about trains i know that was the worst thing. i was like i was like trying to think of something like oh but the only other thing i could talk about was the blind the only other thing i could talk about was the blind guy and i was like i don't want to start with that but yeah well tell, tell us a little bit about your podcast i mean how long have you been podcasting and uh you know give us a little bit about it man how long have I been podcasting? Uh, since February 2021, um, me and a very good friend started podcasting because I was in the welding bay at work and I was listening to, you know, Joe Rogan, Sam Tripoli, uh, things like that. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't stand the American accent. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. And I was, and I was, <laughs> like, I was like, God, I just want to listen to someone English and moan about, you know, biscuits and tea and fish and chips and shit. And I was like, okay. So... I said to him, look, do you want to start a podcast up? And we used to just sit and chat every Sunday about anything you could imagine. Um, And then, yeah, long story short, uh, he left in October last year. I'm not really the confident type of person to speak to people. uh, But all of a sudden, I was thrust into that. Well, I either close the podcast down or I go, well, I'll start it on my own. Uh, With that, I started just finding people online like yourselves, got them on board. And just spoke to them. How did you find the infinite rabbit hole? Um, how did I find you? I think it was through Ashes. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. We did talk about that. But I remember I had to yeah, go through Ashers, the website and Ashers everything. A trip. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, you were one of our first uh, contactees through our website because it was shortly before you reached out to us that we put the website up. Mm. So congratulations. Oh, on, uh, something you probably don't care about but 
um no it it was awesome too we had uh two great episodes we got to talk about whales right Mm, Uh, and their legs i don't know if you know this but in our group chat on facebook messenger we use whales for everything we use the whale emoji like we swapped out the thumbs up for the whale emoji and uh uh now whenever we type whale it like rains whales through the messenger screen it's for re- yeah like we said it very well it's very well yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah so you started that for us so i just want to say thank you that's oh, a sweet. that's a thing here now we're gonna awesome. eventually make a t-shirt for with whales on it and nobody's gonna know what it means i would literally buy that now, now I, that I would be great yeah. Yeah, man. hook me up i want to buy one of them man right on you got it uh, does anybody else have anything to put out before we jump into these Phantom Black Dogs? Uh, I do. I want to I wanna give a shout out to uh, our good friend, Danny. Danny! Danny! <laughs> Just wanted to let Danny know that he's an absolute rock star. He is. He is. He, uh, if, if we have anybody that pumps up the infinite rabbit hole name on a daily basis, other than us, it's Danny. <laughs> Danny is a Danny is a stud. Appreciate you, Danny. Absolutely. Danny, Danny markets yeah. this show more than I do, but you I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do so way times. more. <laughs> Only sometimes. We need to, Good job, we need to get him on for an episode. We do. Danny. I, I would love Danny. to have Danny on. That would be so much fun. Danny, if you're hearing this, yeah. pick a topic, do some research, and reach out to us. Well, reach out to us first. Let us know us when know. you're available, yeah. and then one of us will start researching the topic that you choose, and we'll uh, we'll have you on. I uh, would love doing that. If you're uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I know you know I'm spoon feeding everybody, but we'd like <laughs> to have our guests on, our, our our fans on. We'd like to have them on the show to interact with the, the cast uh, and do a topic of their choosing. So uh, that's how Kenzar became a host of the infinite rabbit hole is because she chose to do the Wendigo. She came on and she was, you know, such a big fan of the show that she just became a cast member. I'll, I'll speak from experience. These guys are pretty awesome. They don't bite. Yeah. We just talk a lot of crap. Yeah. They, they like to pick on you, but they're super encouraging. Yeah. Otherwise <laughs> we, don't, we don't pick on you when you're like brand new. Yeah. We didn't pick true. on you during your, your that guest is true. episode. That is true. Uh, they're super we nice and welcoming on- us. We have picked on Adam, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Biscuits and fish and chips and all the other stereotypical <laughs> Englishman stuff <laughs> that he said. He said it all. <laughs> He's like, I, w- I want to hear someone talk about tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tea and trains. Uh, oh, all right. The well, trains. The trains. <laughs> all right. well let's dive into the the british black dogs guys what do you say sounds good let's, go. cool. let's do it most popular in folklore and mythology of the mid-1900s england black dogs also known as phantom dogs or phantom black dogs are ghostly canine apparitions that appear as signs of many different meanings throughout the world the term black dog is a blanket name that covers many different local urban legends that revolve around a black dog specter In W.T. Watson's book, Phantom Black Dogs, he provides a list of a handful of examples, which include, I'm going to screw some of these up, all right, guys? 
Wilgie in Wales, Black Shuck in East England, Yef Hound in or Wished Hounds in Devonshire, Scriker in Lancaster, Burgest or Gitrash in Yorkshire, Padfoot in West Yorkshire, Harry Jack in Lincolnshire, the Moody Doo on the Isle of Man, the Gert Dog in Somerset, the Muckle Black Tyke in Scotland, and simply the Grim in other places. Older English folklore has references to these canine specters, adding even more titles to the already long list, such as Old Shuck, Devil's Dandy Dogs, Black Shag Hooter, Matthew Duke, and a bit of a stretch for the last one, but the Puka, another English legend that has been tied to possibly being a sort of black dog as well, but many believe that the Puka is more appropriate in the Fey camp. So, Adam, since you recently dove in to the black dog lore there in England, did you come across any names that I didn't say? No, I think that's about it, dude. Uh, I'm just trying to think what I've got here. Um, no, no, it sounds about right. I've only got, I've only a couple. Oh god, I can't even speak now. Yeah, I think you covered most of them, man. Except it's he's got, he's got stage fright, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got stage, I got stage fright. Yeah. Oh, help me! Um, but no, <laughs> just for the English folk, it's not, it's not Yorkshire, it's Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire. See, I'm gonna screw up. up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to mess up all kinds of names today, just so you know. And please, correct me, because I'm just one of these, you know, American guys that don't know anything about merry old England. We should throw some of those crazy uh, uh, Native American language-based towns at him and be like, pronounce this perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We should we should have uh, that should be like a, a bonus episode where it's like let's get the infinite rabbit Speaking hole in your tr- best American accent yeah <laughs> let's get the infinite rabbit of, hole cast try to pronounce different names from different countries. A lot of uh, my area is full of different North American names and whatnot, and uh, we've got a city called Agassi, but the way it's spelled, it looks like Asagiz. it's pretty entertaining listening to people try and pronounce that one without knowing (laughs) so would you say yorkshire is that is that right yeah yorkshire yeah yorkshire okay i'll try to remember that for the rest of this episode and then i'll (laughs) dump it at the end all right um so not a lot of talk to talk about in that first bit so let's go ahead and move on you guys good with that yep all right In this episode, we will be discussing the stories, encounters, and regional specifics when it comes to the black dog phenomenon. And in England, we see our first regional specific details, such as the idea that the black dog can come in many different shapes, not just that of a dog. In W.T. Watson's book, Phantom Black Dogs, he describes a few of these different shaped black dogs, the first being the most famous of all of the titles for the black dog, and that is the Black Shuck of the eastern counties of England. Shuck is said to be able to appear as not only a dog, but also a goat, calf, or horse. Same with the Moody Dew of Suffolk, which can also appear as a human. Yarmouth's scarf sometimes will appear as a goat, and the Bargweth can be a pig, donkey, or calf. And the Padfoot of Wakefield sometimes will take the shape of a calf with twisted horns on the top of its head. 
Although this is not the only region in the world where you will find the black dog phenomenon bleeding into other animals. This is, however, the most concentrated area of other black animals being cited and being blamed on the local black dog legend. Another very interesting thing about this is that there are even encounter stories involving the dog shape-shifting before the witnesses. So what do you guys think about all these other black phantom creatures? Uh, how, so I don't know, like, how, how do they know that they're different creatures and they're just not named? I think we talked about this on the first episode. Like, it could yeah. just be the same shit, different names, in different towns or whatever. Absolutely could be. Is that what we're sure. talking about? Like, it's just the same same dog, different town? Possibly, yes. It's, it's yes weird, no. man. It's weird. I, I've seen things as well. Just, just about, you know, I mean, I've seen um, things being described as white as well, like, rather than just black. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, the, right. fairy, the fairy dog of Scotland is dark green in color as well. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know where. I know, obviously, when you in the first episode and you said about black is black just like the color associated with evil and whatnot i, I don't know it's interesting though yeah um i don't think we get into like the white and yellow ones in england too much there are a couple of cases a couple sightings and reports um mostly black but i think the the one that really stands out is the different animals and I don't really have an opinion on this more or less. I'm kind of, I don't know. I I feel like they're completely different entities, though. I could be wrong. I have no idea. This is something that is above me, you know, just right over my head. I don't really know what to say about this specific detail. Anybody else? Yeah, I I don't know. I have the same opinion as I did when, we had the 1.5 episode, and we were talking about the different colors and all that stuff. It's just like, okay, well, now they're just adding more stuff to it. So for me, it's becoming less and less believable than a consistent, this is a phenomenon that happens. Now it's just like, yeah, let's just throw everything together. Watch out for that fence. Could be a uh, could be a paranormal <laughs> entity. Could be you a know? shadow could black be fence. the black dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, all right, well. Let's just add everything in there. Hold. You know, was it the size of a minivan or was it the size of a shoebox you know, or a loaf of bread or whatever it was? It's just like, okay, here we are. We're just adding more and more and more stuff into it, making it, in my mind, sound way more ridiculous. If it was consistent and it was just like, there's two types, there's a white one and there's a red, or there's a white one and a black one. And it's, you know, a silhouette of a dog or whatever it is. And it was consistent along every single you know, story and stuff like that, I could really hang with that a lot more than just this edition and this next edition mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. And be like, be like, it looked like a goat, but I knew it was the black dog. And be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm hanging, but yeah. it's still like... Yeah, I think like, I agree okay, as well, man. It sounds like people just making up as they go. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, dude. Like, it's just, if it, if it was more consistent, it would be more believable. But like, like you say, someone says mm. it's calf size. Someone says it's this size. Is it size of this or what? It's like, oh, come on. It just feels like people are, you know, getting the story, changing it, chopping it about to, uh, you know, I don't know. But my mind's still open. Well, and the other hand of that is, you know, like I think what Jeff was saying is the, are these the same thing and people are just describing it in different ways based on their own perception or are these 
completely different separate entities and people are just associating that with the black dog so like you said the the fairy dog of scotland is dark green well if someone's if that is real and someone saw that and they're just like i think i saw the black dog but it was green but they just have that knowledge of the you know famous black dog phenomenon and that's what they attach it to but they're saying that it's something completely different or someone that sees a dog man they say i saw a werewolf and they tell everybody that they saw a werewolf reality they saw a dog man but all they know about is the werewolf or lycanthropism and all that sort of stuff and so they just latch on to that idea so there's two different sides to that but as far as the believability for me goes the more consistent it is throughout the easier it is for me to be like either this is real or it's some sort of crazy psychosis that people are experiencing but it's like you know the same sort of thing you know yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. it may be or you know whatever but it's just like all right well now just this addition of extra stuff it's like all right well so i don't know but i'm hanging i'm hanging <laughs> in there personally for me um i didn't include any reports of seeing a black calf or any other animal uh when when i read this i was if i had a real opinion about it it would be more or less like okay these ones are bullshit that's my opinion on it you know if uh if you're saying that you're seeing a whole bunch of different animals that are all tied together like jake was saying this is your believability goes way downhill um especially if around the world all they're seeing is dogs but in this area you're seeing everything else i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe it's you know closer to the point of origin maybe other animals fall into this i don't know but to me i'm ignoring it that's just me you guys ready to move on yeah yeah let's go oh yeah all right let's go to the west country Commonly spotted near burial sites and other ancient areas of West Somerset, Exmoor, Blackdown Hills, and the Quantics, the black dog of the West Country of England are numerous and have been witnessed in many different forms and situations. A woman by the name of Ruth Tongue personally told author and folklorist Theo Brown a tidbit about the black dog of the West Country. This particular account comes from Quantuck. Quote, the Quantock black dog can be friendly and has been known to guard and accompany straying small village children picking warts or mushrooms. I have heard of cottage women whose toddlers wandering about the nearby comb who never worried because of the grit. The girt old black dog up over took care of they. They did not refer to a farm, to a farm dog, said by Ruth L. Tung, by personal conversation to Theo Brown, 19 September 1960. The West Country, the lore of the phantom black dog is so ingrained in the history and society that many places are named after these ghostly mutts. In the parish of Westford, Pine, there are two hamlets known as Upper and Lower Black Dog, an old pub in the same area that has been on maps since as early as 1765 is named the Black Dog. In Uplime, near Lyme Regis, there is a building known as the Old Black Dog and was erected in 1916 as a hotel. This building was built to replace another, which was listed in 1950 as the Black Dog Inn. Other smaller businesses throughout the West Country have a variety of names with Black Dog references in their titles as well. These businesses are encompassed by roads, parks, 
and other landmarks bearing the black dog's likeness. The West Country has historically had one phenomenon that sticks out that seems to have tied to the subject. In the times that people would travel by horseback, it wasn't uncommon to discover people who were unconscious on paths and roadways. While the victims would come to, they would very often tell a story of their horses being spooked by a gigantic black dog with red eyes. This trend happened uncannily near moors, swamps, ponds, and other small bodies of water. So what do you guys think about the ties between the black dog lore and businesses, buildings, or landmarks bearing the name or the likeness of the black dog, even though some of these things go back to as early as the 1600s? Do you think there's anything there? Does this help the... The argument? No. That's I'll jump in. I think that's just pure coincidence, really. I mean, I'm not being funny. We've got loads of pubs over here, and most of them are called, like, the Red Lion. But it doesn't mean there's a Red Lion they've seen there. It's because it's patriotic, uh, you know, over, over Until here. Until we get into a Red Lion episode. Well, yeah, exactly, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they're, 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 pubs are called all sorts of things. Like, you know, there's like the free, the free hats. Um, there's uh, the frog in the pond. Then there's all stupid names. And I know, like you touched upon, there's road names like Black Dog Lane and and stuff like that. But there's also some bizarre, not, not like names. Like we have Adelaide Drive over in the town, and it's only called Adelaide Drive because they named everything around towns and cities in australia and i, I don't know i would be very hmm. skeptical to think that these places are just called that because english people are simple I, i'll say that as an english person and you know it's like black dog lane yeah maybe it's got some correlation there but maybe it's just they just decided to call it that's that's my that's my yeah, two points I, anyway i agree man i think that people name stuff whatever i mean especially when you're talking about uh like bars or pubs right you're gonna name it whatever sounds catchy or fun you know you don't want to go to a bar that sounds boring you want to go to the the black dog bar you know it sounds cool it sounds kind of badass maybe it's got maybe if you know about the black dog thing you might be even more inclined to go in there it's just a marketing ploy um so but then oh go that's what you were saying go ahead nah, that, that's pretty much it just... that's that's where i was gonna go despite the fact that it was in so long ago in, in the 1700s, whatever, it could have simply just been a, a like a tourism ploy. Like, oh, this is a local legend. Let's play off this. Let's see what kind of business we can get by using using that. Because even today, people do it all the time. They find they find a little thing and they name their their business after it. Like um, what what was the little little hotel that brian moreno brought up the little alien something like that uh, yes the yeah. alien. Play, play yeah. off the whole alien thing right like people do it all the time they they use it as a tourist ploy so that's that was my thought process there well good stuff um good i have a different approach um are there wolves in england or were there wolves in england i think there uh, yeah. was I've no idea. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Actually, saying that, there's def there must have been because there's a woods near me that's just reintroducing wild wolves again. So there must be, yeah. Ah, on an island. 
No, no, not on this, not on this <laughs> island, man. There's a, there's I was going to say, on this island. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, let's uh, welcome to let's, the sack. <laughs> you can't get away from him. Let's 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 put a bunch of wolves on this island with these people and uh, screw it. Let's put <laughs> let's, let's see put, what let's, put some cameras up too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's only one bridge. There's only one bridge for the rest on, of the world. on and off my island as well, man. So that would be yeah. Be get, get rid of the bridge. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. Jeez. all right i don't know i'm just i'm just thinking about you know where the legend of the black dog originated in the very beginning and i would bet money that it probably originated in a european country mm, me too probably because of um either say like the very first dogs that people had and I'm pretty sure in Europe it was the wolfhound, which still exists, right? And that uh, it could be symbolism for a, I don't know, how great these animals were as companions. Like, I'm talking about the, the legend, not so much the pub names and all that sort of stuff. I agree with you guys as far as, you know, everything being named that um, for the most part. Or it could be the ferociousness of wild wolves and when people used to have to travel on foot or on horseback, you know, how difficult it must have been with wildlife that likes to do things like attack people and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so I'm sitting here thinking about it and I don't think that people naming pubs and things and street signs and towns and inns and everything like that is so dismissible as a marketing ploy because thinking back into our previous episodes, we put a lot of weight into uh, cultures around the world having different ways to describe the same things like dragons and, um, and, uh, griffins and all sorts of stuff like that. I think that maybe the black dog phenomenon might have something way deep back in history that maybe it came from like a wolf problem or something like that, or, you know, their, their companion dog that they had and that people are just, you know, bringing that into the modern era using, you know, the names for streets and things like that. Maybe it's more of, for some things, it could certainly be a marketing ploy. And for some other things, it could be like a rejuvenation of the past to just like remember our history, or remember where we came from, that sort of a thing. So I'm kind of, you know, seeing it from both sides right there. I don't know if I kind of explained that right or what's kind of bouncing around in my head. That is accurate. I mean, here, I live in the space coast of Florida, right? And they call it the mm -hmm. treasure coast, you know, because there's sunken pirate ships full sure, of treasure yeah. out there they, there's space here and everything is named after all these types of things but i think that also there's stuff that's just named something to be cool so yeah i don't think it's impossible to name things because there's events or whatever but i, I don't see the black dog thing again i'm still kind of in team woo so mm. you know i'm in team uh horse crap currently Ooh. but still i think that there's a i think that there's probably some sort of historical events that happened that that spawned this whole idea of the black dog phenomenon um you know right on know, whatever well, let's dive a little more yes let's one tie into many black dog legends in england is a story of a family pet that either terrorizes or protects after its death 
This story is highlighted on page 56 and 57 of Mark Norman's book, Black Dog Folklore, comes from our sake in Inverness and tells of a family pet that still haunts the forest near its demise. This particular phantom dog is known as the Gulas, which means gray dog in Gaelic. Warning, to those who do not wish to hear something that can be distasteful, please skip forward a few minutes as this story does involve the death of a young child and a dog and may not be suitable for all listeners. I'll give you a few seconds to do what you need to do. Quote, Several hundred years ago, a bog mortality occurred amongst the flocks in the neighborhood of Morar in Arzeg. Shepherds who kept vigil failed to trace the marauders. One summer day, a crofter's wife left her baby outside her cottage in a cradle while she went to the well to draw water, leaving her faithful collie dog with her litter of puppies in charge. When the woman returned, she was horrified to find the cradle empty and the mutilated remains of her child strewn over the cottage pathway. Believing the bitch to be the culprit, her husband, on his return from work from the fields, dragged the dog into the woods where he gouged her eyes and beat it to death in a fit of rage and remorse, and afterwards returned and destroyed the litter. Shortly afterwards, to his great regret, he discovered that a large black wolf had alone been responsible for the crime. According to local legend, a phantom hound is said to appear on occasion to this date in the woods of Arasag, seeking revenge on mankind. With recent times, visitors to the district have claimed to have encountered the terrifying apparition of a large shaggy dog with blazing blood-red eyes while walking through the woods of Arasag. So what do you guys think about the idea that these black dogs could be spirits or ghosts of once living physical animals? And what do you think of the story? The story's brutal. Brutal. The story hurt my heart. Yeah, it did. It's a brutal story, honestly. Um, uh, I don't know, man, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm still thinking that this whole thing is just stories of the stars or something encoded into into lore. I don't think that it's like actually ghosts or spirits or something that people are actually even seeing unless they're just hallucinating from fear or something like that, but I don't know. I'm not buying it. I think I agree with Jeff. I think that it's more like people are actually seeing something that frightens them and they're latching onto a story that they've already kind of indoctrinated into their heads through repetition and stuff. Um, like, for example, if someone saw, knew about Sasquatch and stuff, I'm not picking on you, Jeremy, your story is separate from this, but if someone already knew about Bigfoot and then they saw a black bear standing on its hind legs, at first glance, they might think, that's a Bigfoot. Right. Before doing further investigation, and that's why we have so many cases of mistaken identity and stuff. Um. But also, I'd be as brutal as that story was. I'd be willing to bet money as well that none of our listeners actually skipped forward since missing four one one is one of our most popular topics. Oh, absolutely! People not. like death on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our listeners love death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Adam Kenzar, what do you guys think? Anything? Yeah, man. I mean, just... 
but that that story is brutal as hell. I was like, I was like, oh, nice, that's nice and cheery uh, for a Saturday <laughs> evening. Um, but to go against the grain, man. I mean, I know Jeff and Jake, you know, say you know your views, but I, I don't know. This is where I sit on the fence, right? Because if if I was a dog. Right, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, and if I was a dog, no. and that happened to, and that happened to me, and dogs are sentient enough to understand that that's happened, and they were come back as spirits, I would haunt the shit out of the person who's done that to me, gouge my eyes out, and <laughs> killed my little brother or little sister, whatever it was, the baby, and all my litter of puppies. I can tell you now, if I was a dog, I would haunt them. So. Yeah, okay. Maybe, I don't know if I believe it or not. Or like you say, it could just be they're manifesting an image in their head or whatever. But if spirits and should do exist, yes, I think they would. I think they would haunt uh, that that situation. I think that the uh, the um, desire for revenge and to get even is pretty much exclusively a human trait. So that's where I'm. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not go- buying into it because dogs, like even even super abused dogs, they don't attack people after being in crazy abusive households because they want revenge. They do it out of fear because they're trained and learned that anytime someone gets close to me, it's because they want to harm me. So you see that those freak out moments of dogs that are in like pounds and stuff, and it's not because they're angry and they want to attack because you know I've been wronged. It's because they're scared and stuff which could play into it too. It could just be perceived as a vengeful spirit instead of a, you know, stay away from me. I don't want to have anything to do you. You know, you just happened to cross my path and I'm going to be aggressive towards you sort of a thing. So could be the, the exact same thing. Just call it a different thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Especially if the, uh, the spirit passed uh, with the maternal state of mind and, you know, passed into the next phase as a as a spirit with that state of mind still embedded in it and still playing protector of of puppies whether they exist or not um it could be a reactionary thing like you were saying Hmm. good to go yeah yeah all right let's move on let's talk about banshees in norman's (gasps) book black dog folklore he describes a belief in many mostly Irish family lines that believe in a being known as a banshee. The banshee is typically believed to be a woman in a ghostly white cloth that has attached itself to a particular family line. But many families have their own private beliefs that their particular banshee comes in a different form, specific to their lineage, and is seen as a type of familiar of sorts like a bird, fish, plant, hare, foxes, and in our case today, dogs. These banshees were thought to appear to those in the family shortly before their deaths. Could the black dog phenomenon be a form of these banshees that many families in the British Isles are said to possess? An example in Norman's book, he tells of a woman who claims that her daughter had spotted a very large dog circling their bushes in their garden. When she went to look, she began to act hysterically and grabbed her daughter out of fear. When her husband came home, She met him at the door with tears in her eyes to explain the event that day. She also told him that her family always told of a large black dog that appears to someone in her family before something very bad happened, which was usually the observer's death. The night went by without incident, but the next morning they discovered while listening to the news that a man 
who was a very dangerous escaped prisoner who was recaptured that morning, claimed to police that he was hiding and living in a set of bushes in the family's area. Fortunately, this time, the black dog was present for protection. So what do you guys think about possibly it being a banshee? Um, it, <clears throat> from what I understood, a banshee is not, like a banshee is a totally different kind of spirit, is it not? I don't know too much about the lore. I'm just going off of what the book said. And I know that, like, here in America, we have the Banshee of the Badlands, which is actually a spirit in North Dakota that will scream and, and is very uh, hostile. Um, yeah. But as for, like, the historical and traditional Banshee, I'm not 100% sure whether it's what Norman was talking about in his book, which I just presented right now, or if he got it wrong. I, I don't know, honestly. So I just pulled up. This is from Wikipedia, so take it for what oh, it's, it's worth. it's 100% fact. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, a banshee is uh, a female spirit, a woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman. Uh, mm-hmm. The female spirit in the Irish folklore who heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. Right. That's so, that's what he, that's what I just put out. Yeah, but it's not. It's a it's a female fairy. It's a woman fairy. It's not right. A... And hold on, let me see. Uh, is typically believed to be a woman in ghostly white cloth that has attached itself to a particular family line, but many families have their own private beliefs that their particular banshee comes in a different form. So I mean, I guess, certain I guess, families yeah. do believe that their banshee is a dog, a cat, a plant, a fish. Um, but well, that doesn't, tra- just doesn't make sense then. Right. Traditionally, it is a woman. So we just call it all. So every freaking spirit that we come across <laughs> is now a banshee. Exactly. Yeah. It only makes sense. It's all a black dog. It's all a banshee. Yeah. And I don't know if we can actually trust um, Adam that he's not a dog because I can't see him right now. So True. he could very well be a dog or a banshee. He could be, he could be a or black a banshee. Dog. He could be. Oh, come over here looking. <laughs> all right. Well, Personally, I've never seen him in real life, so he could very well be all of those things. <laughs> well, you guys didn't seem too entertained by that one, so we'll move on, all right? Well, just, it's just because it didn't make sense. Gotcha. You know, it's again, it's another edition of something else, and it's just like, oh, what about this? And it's like... Yeah, I think you know. that added more confusion than it did clarity. I'm calling no, it Absolutely, and that's that's technically the point of me adding all this stuff, is you will get these regional variants and beliefs on the black dog folklore that don't make sense. Or that just Mm. adds too much to the pile. But you also have to remember that even though here or there in northern UK, they believe that it could be a banshee, there may be something very similar called by a different name in a different country. And that will be more apparent as we move further into some of the other regions of the world. Um, But... I do have some Black Shuck stuff, which is pretty cool. Would you like to go over that? Yes, please. Let's do it. Yes. All right. 
not only in this episode, but throughout the series on Phantom Black Dogs, I will reference a particular black dog that goes by the name of Black Shuck. The Black Shuck goes by many different names similar to this one. Names such as Black Shock, Shock, Old Shuck, Old Scratch, and simply just Shuck. I find it important to dedicate a small section of this presentation to this particular Phantom Black Dog as it is damn near impossible to do any research in the phenomenon without stumbling into a mention of Old Shuck. Sometimes the Shuck is witnessed without a head or a single eye in the middle of its forehead. These creatures are massive and put on a very threatening posture when discovered. Black Shuck, in particular, is also known to be seen in different animal forms other than a dog. It has been reported as a horse, calf, and in Norfolk, it has even been reported as being a goat on occasion. The stories of Shuck go back to 1127 along the east, the English eastern con- counties of Norfolk, Suffolk, and Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire. <laughs> the term Shuck originates <laughs> from a der- der- derivation, 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 that word from the old English word of Skuka, which means evil spirit, demon, or devil. The description of this particular black dog is spot on with other legends from around the world, and this particular one is said to stand as tall as a horse on occasion. Shuck does have a few descriptions that are uniquely Shucks. As far as I can tell, Shuck is the only black dog legend that gives a specific time frame for your demise once you have witnessed its omen of death. They say that within the year, you will be dead. So if you are in an area that is known to be frequented by the Black Shuck, keep your eyes closed, and whatever you do, don't lay eyes on Old Shuck, as it means your death. The Black Shuck is also known for haunting cliffs, bogs, and churchyards, so be careful when in these areas. I'm actually going to dive right into the next part, because it kind of goes along with Shuck. The Barguest-type black dog is known as a more threatening creature than some of the other types that we have talked about. The Black Shuck is categorized as a Barguest, and so are many others that we will visit in time. Some of these other phantom black dogs that fall into Barguest family are the Padfoot, Gitrash, Striker, or Skriker, Hooter, and Shag. And like the Shuck, these creatures are massive and are commonly seen without heads and known to haunt bogs and churchyards, not only around the British Isles, but also around the world. In North Yorkshire, it has been said to also come in the form of a pig, calf, or donkey. One particular story tells of a large black crow that transforms into a black dog with a chain around its neck, to a flame, then to a goat, and finally into the shape of a man, all during one event. The name Barguez is thought to originate from one of two origins, those being the Germanic Bargeist, Bear Ghost, or Berggeist, Mountain Ghost. One of the biggest differences between the Shuck and the general Berggeist is that the Shuck is known to haunt a very particular area, where the Barguest is seen in a more general and larger area. It is thought that throughout time, there were plenty of attempts of smugglers to portray the image of a Barguest or Shuck dog by purchasing a black dog or other animal it was said to take the form of and letting it roam near the area. Historians believe that this was a fairly common practice and that many historical accounts of black dogs in general 
could have simply been someone seeing one of these traps set by con men, smugglers, moonshiners, and other criminals from around the world. Thoughts? I just want to say, if you're walking around a cliff, don't keep your eyes shut because you don't want to see the black shuck. Because you might end up worse off. <laughs> no, I'm keeping my eyes closed. I don't want to see shuck. Okay, yeah, good idea. <laughs> good luck with that one, then. Hope you know how to fly. <laughs> oh, Good luck to you, sir. Uh, so what do you guys hmm. think about... Um, uh, criminals purchasing black animals. Now we've talked about this today, and letting them go free around the area that they're trying to keep hidden. I think it's smart. Yeah, man, it is. But do you think that think it's this crazy smart? Do you think that this could be your answer as to why some of these other animals are considered? part of the black phantom families definitely could yeah i could see it just it's like evil genius level like having a moat full of alligators or sharks around your lair (laughs) like knowing the knowing the local hysteria folklore Mm -hmm. the thing that people are the most scared of running into and being like I need people to stay away from this area. So I'm going to have a bunch of like black dogs or black goats or horses or whatever. And I'm going to have them roam the perimeter and stuff like that. So that when people walk up, especially in the woods, you know, and it's already, it's already scary in the woods. Even if there's literally not a single animal in the woods, (laughs) except for birds, people are, people are on edge in the woods, right? It's just the way it is, (laughs) you know? And so you see some, some stuff that you're already, you know, You've already been told about the uh, the the stories and like the the hauntings and all that sort of stuff. Man, it's awesome. That's a <laughs> great idea. <laughs> Hardcore. I'd be more sketched out if there were no animals around whatsoever, even yep. if it is just a couple birds. Um, that that to me is a lot more scary. There's definitely something there now and is probably watching you and you will be the victim. <laughs> Could you yeah. Sam Squamps, yeah. If you're in the woods or in the jungle or the swamp and, and it goes quiet, there's a predator around that's usually yep. a good time. Right. You should, uh, get Could, out of there. could you imagine yeah. though if you're in like the dark woods of England and you're already scared shitless and you hear no sound, you're like, there's definitely a predator around. And all of a sudden this little black pomeranian comes out it's like yip, yip, yip. And you're like it's your shock. ankles are gone your ankles it's are done shock. for <laughs> what's also interesting to think about is like eye shine you know yeah um i can't think of any particular time that i saw like vivid red eye shine but i'm sure i have i'm sure everybody probably has so you know you see a black dog that may be a criminal or maybe it's just a stray dog running around you shine a light at it get the red eye glow there you go there you go dog yeah i think i I agree with you with jeff on that because like i I was going to ask like are these sightings in the daytime or they night they're probably nighttime aren't they because everything's always better in a nighttime setting and like you do have um go ahead i'm sorry yeah no i was just gonna i was gonna tell you uh, you know a story about my own personal experience with like because i live on this island and there's literally no like artificial light of a night time it's pitch black but 
it's not pitch black because the stars in the sky light and the moonlight, etc. But I've seen stuff where I live. I've gone outside and I've seen like a black mass run across like uh, in front of where I live. And I'm like, what the is that? And it's just a cat. It's just a cat because the cat is black. It's mm-hmm. darker than the floor. And it's like, oh, wow. And I could have, like, you know, if I was like, oh, that, that's this, that's that. And like in England mm. as well, in the same in the same respect, I've gone out past sheep fields at night. And in the moonlight, sheep are just, they look like clouds that have fallen out of the sky. It's really weird where, where I live. It, you, sheep literally look like they've just clouds laying on the floor. When it's a full moon, there's no clouds in the sky. But horses and cows look completely different when they're just like a black silhouette of their body, especially if the horse is eating or the cow has put their head down. It just looks like four legs and a body. And that's where I'm kind of thinking, like, when you're saying that, oh, these are headless beings and they're noted without heads, I just think, is that all you're seeing, though? You know, things like that. And Mm. on top of, like, noises and shit like that that makes things more scary we have a woods that's about 20 miles away from my house called the screaming woods and it's it's one of the most it's it's, it's the most (laughs) it's the most haunted town in england uh called pluckley and it's absolutely rife with ghost stories and phantom horses running up and down you can hear all of that sort of stuff but the screaming woods i mean imagine the same situation the screaming woods actually the noise comes from foxes screaming at night but if you heard the foxes screaming at night and then a black, it could be a fox, you know, that I don't know, man. I think it's just really mm-hmm. easy to kind of just kind of create your, you know, let your mind go nuts and wonder when actually there's a real rational reason behind it. So that, that's why I'm, you know, I'm just trying to be rational about it because one, I don't want to get scared as well because I have to live near these things, but you know. So it's a manner of perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You sh- did you see Kenzar's face when you said that? She's like, gosh, that's so metal. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty awesome. And I'll be, I'll be honest. Me. I want to go. I, I want like like to get a shirt that says, I survived the screaming woods. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I totally sit there all night long just listening to animals nope, right. screaming. It's that's the so coolest much fun place. to me. It's the coolest place. take an infinite rabbit hole trip. There's a, yeah. there's a pub called uh, The Black Horse in Pluckley. It's the most haunted pub in England. And it's such a weird place. Like, it's haunted as hell, as you can imagine. And there's actually in the pub, there's scratch marks on the floor where they used to have, they used to hang people in the pub. And the scratch marks on the floor are people's tiptoes, obviously, scratching at the floor. And they've just got like a piece of perspex over it to, you know, to keep it there. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's hardcore. Turn a. Like a, was it a uh, medieval dungeon into a pub? <laughs> yes. Be <laughs> like, you see all this, this, you know, this burnt orange color all over the ground. That's all human blood. <laughs> like, wow. Hardcore. Nice. What's interesting? I'll take another about Jack that, and Coke. There's a, <laughs> here in Florida in Saint Augustine, there's something called the Medieval Torture Museum, and there's also a bar attached to it as well. So, jeez, nice. It's a thing. Right on. No, Screaming Wood sounds fun, actually. Like, we should do it. We should. Yeah, let's go. We should totally do that. We should camp out in the Screaming Woods. Totally down for that. Do they, do they allow behind. people to go out there and camp? Uh, it's literally a thing around here that people do go and camp, and like groups of like lads and will go out and be like, oh, let's go and have a beer, and we'll go stay in the Screaming Woods. 
it's like one of them kind of challenges <laughs> between friends like let's go. yeah but, you know because there's like a story of a woman um who's with her child who died in the screaming woods and they're they oh let's see the ghost woman let's see the horses galloping through the woods and these are like thick woods as well and i've drove yeah i've drove through pluckley a couple of times and i i don't know if it's because i already know that it's most the most haunted place etc cetera, etc cetera, but it's weird it's weird when you go through there it's like oh but fox is screaming in the woods at night when all you can see is just trees bathed in moonlight is scary uh, but you know nice. it's, it's a good place to record an album i guess or you know to do some vocals <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun it does yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool we we might have to look into that one not Road me yeah. count me out why dude really Come on. no i'm gonna stay behind that way if something happens i can keep the show going yeah. <laughs> he's not gonna buy he's us thinking. out he's gonna wait till we're all dead uh, <laughs> <He's thinking. laughs> so I'm, I'm getting ready to move to wisconsin and i'll just get a uh a guard black sasquatch for my uh my property <laughs> all right you guys ready to move on yeah yes, all right so cool. let's uh let's dive back into the bungay black dog in our introduction to the phantom black dog phenomenon we touched a little bit to this onto the story of the black dog of Bungay story onto the sto- I put story twice sorry everybody sorry where a black dog supposedly went on a killing spree while attacking a couple of churches in 1577 well let's dive into that story a little bit more now on Sunday August 4th 1577 the members of St. Mary's Church of Bungay a small town in the county of Suffolk England were sheltered inside while an intense thunderstorm raged through the area. During their prayer for safety during the storm, the black shook appeared and began to attack the congregation. During the altercation, a man and a boy were struck by the lightning and killed. In another source of mine, they tell of two men being killed by way of their heads being twisted around by unseen hands and another man left badly injured from another mysterious force from Black Shuck that left his midsection squeezed so bad that the man was left handicapped for the rest of his life. By the time Shuck was done with his rampage at St. Mary's, the church's spire and bells had collapsed through the roof and two people were left dead. Unfortunately, Shuck didn't end there. Soon after the onslaught on St. Mary's of Bungay, 13 miles away at the Holy Trinity Church in Blytheburg, Suffolk. Shuck struck again on the very same day, killing two more and leaving yet another badly injured. After all was said and done, old Shuck left scorched claw marks on the church's door that can still be seen today. People that witnessed Shuck's attack that day are unfortunately long gone by now. But according to George Dudding, in his book titled The Snarly Yow, an article was written by the International Business Times that mentions a 2014 archaeological dig that unearthed a seven-foot-tall canine skeleton just seven miles from Blytheburg. Now, this is what we talked about in 1.4. We're going to go into this a little bit more. People who went on record as witnesses of Shuck's attack that day claimed that Shuck stood between 7 and 8 feet long. So, remember in the first one, in 1.5, we talked about how it stood, I believe, 9 feet tall. 
this article has it at seven to eight feet long. After carbon-14 dating tests were conducted, it was found that the skeleton belonged to a dog that lived in the 1500s. Could this be the remains of a flesh-and-blood animal that killed four people in churches on August 4th of 1577, or was it a true attack from the Black Shuck, East Anglia's Phantom Black Dog? Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You said the guy was squeezed? Yes. Yeah. That sounds more like a dogman attack. It does, but... So... The actual events, from what I understand, because every single source that you go to about black dogs, and especially when you're talk, like looking into England stuff, the, mm-hmm. the Bungay church attack is always there. It is... It is the number one thing in all of Black Dog lore is the Church of Bungay Black Dog attack um, for that whole day. And basically, everyone has a slightly different story. So what I did was I basically uh, tried to m- mix it all together and come up with one that kind of uh, touched on everybody's point a little bit. Um, and I found that when you look at older articles, that's basically what happened, right? Everyone got a little bit of the story, right? And the older ones is basically a mixture of all of them. So what apparently happened from the points of view of the people there is that the deaths and the injuries caused to those people happened nowhere near the dog. The dog was not near these people when they were killed or when, like, that guy was squeezed mm-hmm. really hard in the midsection. The dog wasn't anywhere near him. But he was, he looked like he was being compressed in the midsection. Sounds to me like maybe <clears throat> there was, like, a... Maybe it was like a serial killer or maybe it was like a group of people that were doing things and they just covered it up with the black dog story. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. This could have been, I mean, because these two churches were only 13 miles away. So maybe there was some bad apples in the group, in the groups there. I don't know. She said it was like 1500s, right? Oh, let me get you the exact date. 15. We were barbarians back then, man. I'm telling you. How easy was it to murder people back yeah. then? Probably right? really easy. They didn't have forensic stuff and everything. And it was all, you know, based off mm-hmm. of how many witnesses were around. And like, especially there was a storm, like a huge storm going on that day. So under the cover of a storm, I could see it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, 
the rumor could have even been started by the people who did the killing. Yeah. Could have ran around and killed a yeah. bunch of people and then showed up and been like, I saw the black dog. And then, <laughs> you know. It was Shuck. It was the Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point. That's a good point, though, because like mass hysteria can set in, especially if there was like a murder and say, oh, I saw the dog. And then someone's like, oh, yeah, I saw it, too, even if they didn't. And then everyone's like, yeah, yeah, actually, I did. Is it? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. one way to, there's one way to kill someone to get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blame yeah. it on the Black Pomeranian. Yeah. <laughs> In the screaming <laughs> woods. In the woods. It's shock. <laughs> if, um, I go to, if I if, go to a screaming woods if... and see a little, like a little black dog, I'm, I would literally shit myself as well. I'll be like, I'll be like, oh my god, it's come true. Here it is. <laughs> Don't if kick we it. take a trip to the screaming woods, I'm bringing that Amazonian death whistle with me, and I'm gonna look for another group of campers, and I'm just gonna belt that thing out, and just make them just crap themselves just like, ah! You need to I do just... that on one of these recordings. Dude, it's so loud. Do it. Whitney, Whitney, like, forbade me to do it in the house, because it scares the crap out of her. It sounds like someone's screaming, like a, like a metal scream. It's crazy. That's so awesome. It's so cool, dude. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we gotta we gotta do that one time. Like, you can go in the living room or somewhere else and, and do it. We'll just hear it from here. That'd be pretty cool. Like, I could do it right now. I just have to get up and, like, you know, leave the screen. Maybe we'll, but I can, maybe I we'll can do it at the it. end of the episode. Make sure everyone stays so they can hear it. <laughs> Good way Fair enough. Making people listen. <laughs> go, go grab it on Jeremy's next little piece because you know yeah, I'm going to edit so sure. that we're not seeing while he's presenting. So. Oh, perfect. For sure. Perfect. I, so, anyway, back to that thing. I definitely think that something nefarious probably happened, but I doubt it had anything to do with the black dogs. I think that Jeff's point of um, maybe there was some sort of because you got to think about like Europe for the longest time was just paganism. It wasn't until Christianity or Catholicism rather actually started spreading throughout that area that people started getting pulled out of paganism and brought into under the umbrella of Christianity or Catholicism or whatever it was. Actually it was Catholicism until uh Martin Luther uh brought her on Protestantism. But so all a lot of areas were pagan and they had pagan rituals and stuff like that and even the people that were turning catholic at the time paganism was still super rich and ingrained in the culture in in uh the gaelic areas of ireland and scotland and parts of england and german you know in germany and in all those different areas all over the place in europe that deep rich cultural and and historical like paganism was still ingrained in even like how they practiced you know worshiping god and stuff like that and that's why we have some of the holidays that we have and there's like oh well that's a a pagan holiday yeah it's because all of that sort of stuff so i can't think for one second that you know it wouldn't have anything to do with that if like some crazy weird murder string just happened you know and like what's the perfect time to do it you know um Maybe there was some sort of significance to a massive storm and there was some ritual being played out. Like, who's to say? But I think that during the 1500s and later in medieval times and all that sort of stuff, it was probably so easy to murder people. Like, without the forensic evidence that we have now and the investigating and stuff, 
literally most of all that stuff was just word of mouth. How many witnesses were there? You know, even biblically speaking, if there was, you have to have, uh, I believe it's three or more witnesses to accuse someone of a crime. Like it's all based off of who was there and who saw what. So if everyone has the same idea of just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to kill some people. And then they're all just like, oh, it must have been the black dog, like all that sort of stuff. And then there's variations in the story because maybe it was told differently a bunch of times, right? So I think that it has way more to do with some sort of ritualistic practice than it has to do with a black dog attack. Interesting. Yeah, that was not mentioned at all, but that is definitely a... a an outside way of looking at it, which makes sense. Because, you know, a, a lot of that stuff, like um, let's talk about the Vikings for a second. Odin demanded human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most um, sacred rituals. Like they did animal sacrifice too. Um, the Vikings and the, you know, wherever they're at, Scandinavia and, um, Norway. Jeff probably knows. Norway, there, there you go. But they were just like, there's different variations, but they they sacrificed animals, but human, sacri human sacrifice was not only demanded by Odin, but also it was the most, um, you know, it was the most special of the rituals. It was actually and an it honor was, to be sacrificed, and most of the humans right? that were sacrificed chose to be sacrificed. It was like their own choice to go and be the sacrifice, mm -hmm. which is kind of wild to think about. But yeah. And in in uh in the other countries of uh more of the european side of you know the ireland scotland england i like looked this up just a month ago because i was curious yeah you know, what what was the difference between the the paganism variations they did the exact same stuff they just called the gods different things right so what's to say that killing people in this circumstance wasn't just another form of a ritual except maybe the people that were being killed either were uh willing participants or they weren't and either way even if they were the you know people were trying to stamp that paganism out so even if they were willing participants they would have been charged with murder had they said oh yeah we killed those people yeah so why not blame it on some deep-rooted uh, you know, cultural lore like the black shuck. I get it. So yeah. Any more? That's where I went with that. Nope. Anybody? Kenzar's quiet. Kenzar is just just observing shit. right now. All right. She's like, he's like, this Jake guy is so full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In 1972, while on duty at the Gorliston rescue headquarters in norfolk coast guard coast guard graham gant witnessed a large black dog in the beach at about 4 45 a.m on wednesday april 19th the dog was running around as if it were looking for someone and continued to do so for a few minutes but what really freaked grant out was when the dog simply disappeared right before his eyes and never reappeared at the place of grant sightings Sighting, there is nothing the dog could have hid under or behind. It is, a, it is as beach as beach gets. The investigators are convinced that Graham Gant is one of the best recording sightings of one of these phantom black dogs. 
This encounter happened very shortly after the Coast Guard first set up shop in Norfolk and Graham Gant was not familiar with anything in the area yet, and neither was anyone else in that service. In the district of Norfolk, the legend of Black Shuck is the local black dog of lore. Black Shuck is said to be a harbinger of doom and storms. Shortly after Gant's sighting of Black Shuck, a strong gale is on record as causing quite a bit of damage to the coast of Norfolk. So what do you guys think about Graham Gant's encounter? Randomly appearing and disappearing sounds like his eyes are playing tricks on him. Well, yeah, that is awesome. a very common that's a very common thing for these phantom black dogs to do though. That's true. And also the uh the storm connection again. I think that that's uh you know, it's like if you're already expecting something to happen and then something does happen, maybe it's easier for your brain to latch onto that and be like, it was a black dog. What year did you say again? 1972? Is that what you said? Or am, am I hearing things? 1972, yes. Okay, never mind. Okay. Nailed I was, was going to say... Those hippies. Wh- it, like, if it was like... <laughs> <laughs> If it was like 17 or 1892, I'd maybe question what if these people needed glasses and they're just blind as bats and seeing mm. things. Because I struggle with that, as we can see. I have huh? glasses. So when? So, <laughs> so I like I see a I see a bird in the distance, but it doesn't look like a bird. It looks like a, a rat, right? Because I'm blind and that's Whoa. what I'm seeing. Well, I, I don't really find yeah. that story very credible at all, really. I just think, I mean, I'm obviously on an island. I'm surrounded by beaches. Like, everywhere is coastline. And I've stood on the beach all the time, and I can see things, and it just disappears. But, you know, is it because, like you say, I'm not focusing on it, or it just disappears about me seeing where it's gone? Has it gone behind? I know the, the report says there's nothing it can hide behind, but... I don't know. I don't know, man. I think it's a little bit too far fetched for me, but only due to my own experiences. Because I can look at a beach and it will have like five miles straight of nothingness, and especially the beaches we we have, dogs run along the beach all the time. They run along the beach up and down, and my wife could say to me, "Oh, did you see that staff running up?" No, I didn't see it. What do you mean you didn't see it? No, she ain't seen a phantom dog, has she? It's just I haven't noticed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really buy that one. Or just, is she? Well. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she is. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? I don't know about it. Just to think that's like... Uh-oh. Did we lose him? We lost him. While he loads back, I just want to say, I think that, and I've said this before, I think we all said this before, I think that when you're scared, you see mm. things. Our, our brains aren't good at actually seeing stuff, believe it or not. You know, it, our brain fills a lot of space in. Yeah which is why you have things like optical illusions and all kinds of other stuff. But I think that if you're out in the dark and you're already on edge or you're afraid and you see anything, you might not even see anything. Your brain can put something there to fill the space. So you, you might actually see what you think you see and you believe that you saw it, although nothing is there. And I think that's probably what most of these encounters and not just these, but a lot of, yeah. paranormal or cryptid encounters i think it's just people people's brains just putting the information there because 
It's what the brain does. I may be crazy about this, but is there not a lag between what we actually see versus what we see in our heads? There's like a little bit of a lag between our brains and what we're seeing with our eyes. Am I I crazy? How does that work? There is. It's really short, I think, though. Yeah. There is a recent study that says there is a lag, um, but it's so short that it's imperceivable. And then there's another story or another study that says that there's like seven seconds, which is complete bullshit. Um, I think that's what I was reading or thinking about was the seven second leg, which does seem really ridiculous to me. It's seven well, seconds is a long time. Think of like a baseball, right? Someone tosses you a baseball and you you see it. And then seven seconds goes by before your your brain captures the image. You would never be able to catch a thing. Yeah, exactly. Ever. So that's complete horseshit. But anyways. <laughs> like three seconds would make a whole lot more sense to me. Not but even three. even that seems even that. a lot. I mean, like the, the amount seconds of time is a long time. Of lag has got to be so small because you got to think about like the time that it takes for light to bounce off something for you to see it is probably fractions of a fractions of a second, right? And then this, your brain is firing these synapses at pretty much the same speed. So you're talking point zero 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 something of a second between when you see something and when it registers. Yeah, that's a whole different like conversation. Yeah, in itself. That's, like, that's yeah. like even like another rabbit like, hole to, altogether. If you, scran- if you if you scan your computer screen, if you notice you're not getting a smooth sweep all the way around, your eyes stop they do like a jet. In sections. They mm. go d- 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 yeah. d- d- as it goes. And what your brain is doing in order to get a full image right there is it's filling in the most likely thing you're going to see next from your peripheral vision. So it's just like it's capturing all this over here and it's putting it in front of you to fill in those those gaps, right? If you're seeing this image, this image, that image, that image, those gaps right there, it's filling in that information because of your peripheral vision. That's why they say you learn the most out of your peripherals is because that's where you you see the most. So even if you see it, doesn't even make it real like your brain could just be filling in nonsense just because it already it's it's already conditioned through history or through culture or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to fill in those gaps of you know things that it can't perceive with something that's likely to you know occur because of your upbringing and stuff like it's it's wild how brains work and stuff so i'm totally on board with jeff (laughs) (laughs) So just just to interject, guys, I mean, like, I know Jeff said about that you can, you know, a lot of the times you see things and you just, the brain puts the image in, um, you know, in the head as such. Uh, Have you guys ever Mm -hmm. seen anything? I mean, I'm talking about Black Dog in particular. Have you guys ever seen anything like it? Yeah, I mean, it happens to me all the time, right? I live in Florida and it's nothing but woods and swamps around where I live and where I lived the last two years. And yeah, man, I would come outside and get spooked just because it's spooky out and and for a second or two out of my peripherals i'd be like there's something there and then you look and then you kind of analyze and you're like Mm. maybe not probably not i'm just scared you know what i mean like i Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely all the time i think it's the same thing as like when uh people see uh the shapes in the clouds we we brought that whatever that word for it is a couple episodes back but that people are if they're looking for something like like people that see like a bunch of foliage 
and they can see a face in the foliage and they're like, yeah, it's a yeah, ghost. Yeah, yeah. It's looking at me and they get all like weirded out and stuff. It's because we're, our brains want to see faces and stuff, right? That's how we recognize people is by looking at their faces. So we see recognizable shapes. And so if someone out of the corner of their eye sees a recognizable shape and for them, maybe they're, you know, it's an animal silhouette or a shape or something like that. Right away, they can just be like, I'm, I can see it right here in my peripheral, and this is a hand. And I look, and it's, well, in this circumstance, it is my hand. But <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's, you know, a sweatshirt that's hanging up over here, and I'm just like, you know, I'm, my brain's telling me that it's something familiar when it's really just, you know, the cloth is rumpled. And I actually like have kind of a recent story. Um, I was working. We had to go into the electrical room and in this specific building, they had someone had hung up one of those poncho rain things mm -hmm. and the way it was hanging and this thing had been there for a while because it was all torn up and, and tattered. Um, but when you're in the dark, that looked like something was coming at you. <laughs> Plus there was a wind, mm -hmm. there was a breeze in there. So it was moving around. It, it definitely looked like something was coming at you until you turned on the light. So it like your brain definitely plays tricks on you all the time. If you want a really good example of people who see shit that's not there, go to any Bigfoot Facebook page and you yes. will see a whole bunch of people that post pictures of red circles in the woods. Those dang red circles. <laughs> and they're like, the Bigfoot is right here. And everyone in the comments, there's this like 50-50. People are like, oh my gosh, yes. Yes, look at the Bigfoot. And then the other people are like, you're dumb. <laughs> and it's literally just bushes, dude. There's nothing there. <laughs> so the, the word is pareidolia. And that's seeing shapes in objects and that's what the rorschach inkblot test is based off of is your mental like your mental state and perception will allow you to see a certain image in nonsense um because of whatever you're focusing on so that's why you know we see things like that like a log and people say it's bigfoot <laughs> or a shadow or a trash can and someone might say you know instead of a gray metal trash can it's a gray animal next to me until they look at it and it's they realize shock. That, you know and you could you could say that you could look at it and be like oh sorry my mind my eyes are just playing tricks on me or you could be like it was there and then it disappeared it's shuck i this know what i saw i'm not crazy <laughs> shuck took the form of a trash can today <laughs> all right hey man if we're gonna start adding stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on i got a couple encounters here so nice um let's continue here uh in august of 1967 just shy of midnight jack disney was walking from west horndon to brentwood in essex county it was when he approached horse pond there he saw a large dark dog moving in his direction Disney described the dog as the size of a Great Dane with glowing red eyes. Although he admitted to feeling threatened, he continued his walk, and as he came to the pond, the dog simply passed him right by, not even giving him any attention. 
This encounter with a black dog is now referred to as an example of a harbinger of death as Disney's brother died of a heart attack a week later and his wife a year later died of a hemorrhaging stroke in her 40s. That's it. That was Jack Disney's brief encounter. Yeah, that's that's just circumstance. You think that's, that's something just bad that luck. Yeah, that's all I'd say. I had in uh, February, going into March, I had three personal people or three close people to me pass away, and I saw squirrels the entire month. There's Does that no mean that squirrels are the harbingers of death, right? Yes. Yeah. It's just like, uh, that's just circumstance. Or they could be death squirrels. Well, I keep seeing them, and you guys aren't dead, so that's good. All right. Um, let's move on. Ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's see. We are, we got four more little pieces left. That's it. Another nice. place many have witnessed. One of these black dogs is in their own homes. In a letter dated in 1960, Miss Garth Hayward outlined her experience with a large black hound in her manor in Crosscombe of Somerset, England. She was busy rearranging her curtains in preparation for her guests that day when she witnessed what she described as a very large, all-black staghound-shaped canine coming through the door and ran upstairs. She replied by yelling for her husband, as she thought it was the family sight dog, Psyche, running through the house, and she did not want her to track her muddy paws through the house before guests arrived. As she yelled for her husband, she began to give chase to the animal, and to her surprise, the dog was nowhere to be found. In fact, there was absolutely nowhere for it to hide either. As the husband arrived at the stairs, he was, a, he was upset as to why she was yelling, because Psyche was with him at the other end of the house, sleeping in her kennel. Later that day, Miss Garth Hayward witnessed the same massive hound by the pond on her property, making massive leaps over her bushes about 12 feet high. During one of the leaps, she witnessed the animal disappearing into thin air at the peak of its leap and never reappearing. So what do you guys think? Are they all just BS? All of them? All these stories are just BS, Jake? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. It feels like there's an explanation for most of them. And then the ones that there isn't an explanation for, it's because it's from the perspective of the person that saw it. And it's just like, well, there's no way to... There's no way that we could possibly know for sure if they're telling the truth or not. Mm -hmm. And we know that people like being deceptive because people like to get the attention from it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, maybe this <laughs> yeah, was people, a way good. People will make up any kind of story for their 15, 15 minutes of fame. Sorry. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could be one of the, the you know, she imagined a black shadow going upstairs or maybe she did see, you know, a, a black dog going upstairs. And when she was unable to find it, maybe this was just her way of proving, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, proving that it was a black ghost dog that she made up this elaborate extra scene where it jumped over hedges and disappeared, you know, as a as a way to validate her 
incorrect telling of what she saw or did not see or whatever the reason why she was yelling i don't know but i think you could be right there i think you could be right there dude i mean this comes into my own uh personal experience um by seeing the uh you know phantom black dogs at home um i mean in regards to that story i'd like to know what else is happening in her her life what else is she going through is she seeing stuff Mm -hmm. like that because uh, i mean probably four five years ago I uh, had to have my dog put down and he was a greyhound. So he's a big, mm-hmm. he's a big black dog. And one yeah. night I woke up um, I was at my wife's house when we was living with her parents. And I woke up and I looked in the doorway and I kid you not, there was a, a, a big black figure and next to it was a smaller dog, a smaller dog shaped figure, exactly the size of my dog. And I was like, what is that? And I and I told mm-hmm. I told my wife about it, and I was like, "What is that?" But my rational mind is going, "That's because you're upset, you're grieving still, man. You're just thinking your dog's there." And my head went crazy. I mean, I, I haven't even told this story on my podcast, and I started to think, "Well, what is it? Is is it a demon man with my dog? Is he taking my dog? So what's going on?" And it really, really yeah. messed with my head a lot. Um, and I was like, "No, I don't, I don't get this." And from then, I would see. In my mum and dad's back garden, where he used to run up and down like a hundred foot of garden, I would see this ball of big blackness in the corner of my eye. And I'd be like, oh my God, is Ollie running? No, it's not. Of course it's not. And that's with a lot of these stories as well. I mean, a lot of it is BS. It might be murderers in churches. It might be all sorts, but it might be, they're going through stuff as well, especially with the older stories. They might be going through a lot emotionally and they're just making stuff up or just trying to put, you know, two and two together. But that's just that's just my perspective of it. And since now I've got over it and I'm kind of, you know, moved moved on. I haven't had any more sightings. But when it was the worst time of me grieving for the loss of my pet, I could think I'd see him everywhere. So yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like maybe it's like uh, you're just it's the routine of it, right? You're used to the routine of, you know, yeah. When I'm over here. I have the dog in the backyard and he's running all over the place and stuff like that. And then you're just, it's the developing of a new routine and the missing of the old one. Yeah, exa- and then, exactly. And then, you know, man. grief and emotion and all that sort of stuff for sure. Can't trust our brains for anything. They're, they're crazy. No, oh, they, they're useless. Really? <laughs> they're useless. Really, man. Like, like I say, I could walk into I'll soon after his passing. I mean, he was like 10 years old. So the routine was there for 10 years. And like I'd walk in the front room, and all of a sudden I'd think he was in the front room in his bed, but there was no bed anymore, and there was no dog, obviously. So yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy what the mind does, and I think with a lot of sightings and paranormal sightings and things like that, uh, you know, the brain can play some, you know, good tricks on you. But... Yeah. Well, you guys ready to move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There are many stories of a protective black dog from all around the world, but in Lincolnshire, there seems to be no other kind. There are many stories of a ghostly black dog appearing during critical times of someone's adventure in Lincolnshire. One such story involves a woman going by the name of Mrs. D. One day, Mrs. D was traveling from Crosby to Scunthorpe, when she witnessed a black dog trailing behind her. As she approached, two rough Irish laborers who were saying some very inappropriate things to her and saying that if her dog wasn't there, 
they would do such and such to her. As she made her way back home, she went to tell her husband about this amazing dog who seemingly protected her. But as her husband attempted to find the dog, it was gone. The story of Johnny Greenwood involves him traveling through a forest for at least a mile both ways as he was being followed by what he assumed to be a dog, but he could not see due to the darkness of the woods. All he heard was the footfall of the animal. As he exited the forest on both ends, the animal disappeared. A few years later, a few men were arrested after escaping around escaping prison around the time that Johnny was traversing the forest. The men admitted to planning to kill him that night as they thought he was too close to their hiding place, but chose not to because of his massive black dog. A story that appears in April 1959 edition of Methodist Magazine by writer Ethel Whitaker, who tells the story of her father, Reverend Samuel Whitaker, and his encounter with a ghost black dog. The story tells of the reverend having to walk a great distance by himself, and as he left the town, a black dog came to his side and began to walk with him. Unfortunately, there is no record of how reverend how the reverend reacted to the dog giving him company, but the story continues. As Mr. Whitaker was walking, two very large men appeared and were attempting to be physical with the reverend. The dog began to snarl and defend Samuel and the men ended up leaving him alone after deciding that the large black dog was not something they wanted to risk dealing with. Soon after the incident, and once the coast was clear from the dangerous men, the dog simply disappeared. After the dog vanished, Mr. Whitaker asked around in both his departed town and his destination town to see if anybody knew anything about the dog. Nobody was able to identify this, this creature. This is common in many different phantom black dog stories. The animal appears, does its job, and simply disappears. Sometimes the dog walks behind a bush, tree, or wall and is never seen again, and other times it vanishes right before the witness's eyes. These stories and many more are detailed in Mark Norman's book, Black Dog Folklore, where he dives into more detail about the protective black dog or dogs of Lincolnshire. What do you guys think about the protective black dogs of Lincolnshire? Uh, so I don't. I'm gonna make a parallel here that doesn't quite fit, but I'm gonna Uh-oh. do it anyway. I don't want people to think that I'm some uh, prude when it comes to this sort of stuff, and that I don't believe in any sort of spiritualist type things. Right? Mm-hmm. I am a Christian man. I do believe in angels and demons and things like that. Although I would say that there was a story I heard. It must have been a decade ago now, and I don't have the reference up in front of me, but that there was two escaped convicts who were murderers that tried to murder a child, but when they approached the kid after they were caught, that this was their, um, they were caught by the police short time afterwards. After they were caught, this was, uh, what they had said is that while when they approached the kid, um, who they were going to harm, they didn't because these two massive muscular men appeared next to the kid and they felt incredibly threatened. And so they left. Hmm. And in interviewing the child, he said that he was completely alone and had no um, 
no knowledge <laughs> that these two men were behind him and were going to attempt to attack him and that there were no men that were standing next to him and the kid and his family were were christian people and they attributed it to an angelic presence that kept him from being harmed right so i'm not gonna and to me i mean that feels to me like it could be a real thing i wasn't there i don't know um but I'm not going to say that I don't believe in demonic presence and I don't believe in angelic presence. But when it comes to that sort of stuff, there was never a time in any sort of, and I know the the Bible doesn't house every single angelic event that ever happened. But as far as I know, there was never a time where an angel appeared in the form of an animal. But at the same time, if we're talking about spiritual beings that aren't bound to our laws of physics and, uh, and you know, logic and rationality and all that sort of stuff, why couldn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, that, one's, that one's tough for me, especially talking about the reverend, because usually I would attribute uh, a black dog phenomenon to be something more in the realm of the demonic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be practicing any sort of witchcraft or, or paganism or anything like that. You could just simply not be a Christian person and be susceptible to all that sort of stuff because you, you're just, you know, on open playing field. Um, and so it, it's that one's a tough one to me. But at the same time, you know, I wasn't there. I would have to look further into it and see the actual reports of the people who were involved in this sort of stuff. And, you know, draw a base, a basis out of that or a, uh, a, a idea out of that. But this is a, a different circumstance and I'm happy for the, um, for the variation. That's not just something negative again this time, right? Not fear provoking, at least for the people that were being protected. It was fear provoking for the people that were going to attack the person that was being protected, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, very interesting. And I have no idea. Interesting. Anything else? Ladies, gentlemen? I got nothing. All right. Adam? No, no, it's good, man. I thought uh, hit the nail on the head there. It's nice to see something rather than like this ominous presence, you know, of, of all mm-hmm. the sightings to actually be something of a uh, of a positive because not not to bleed on about my story but obviously because i was grieving for the loss of my pet but i always saw it as a positive thing and i took that as a positive and was like oh actually no this is my chance to move on and you know i gotta sort myself out and and things like that so you know it's good to see it's good to see in in that light rather than because everything else has always been surrounded by you know death murder and all that sort of crap so that's good that's good man it's good to hear right on he's so done with the show he's like I hate you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never talking to these guys again. <laughs> had my First time they for two pick and up an hour of my time, and then they're feeding me all this all this crap that's easily explained away. Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. said you... he had a good episode. <laughs> the infinite fake hole, more like. <laughs> oh <laughs> god, infinitely, <laughs> infinitely fake hole. <laughs> no, no, you you read me wrong. You read me wrong, man. This is this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, two more left. You guys ready? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Watson makes mention of a very interesting story involving a man that is only noted as E. Ramsey from a book by Christopher Reeve titled A Strange and Terrible Wonder, The Story of the Black Dog of Bungay. In this story, Reeves is traveling back home on his bicycle when a black dog emerges sitting by a signpost ahead of Reeves. The man becomes nervous as he notices how large the dog is and the bright red eyes set among a solid black frame. Ramsey, not Reeves, by the way, Ramsey, sped up and passed the dog safely and was relieved to not have been attacked by the animal. But soon after he began to feel better about his situation, he heard the sound of the dog running up to him from behind and began to panic again, but the dog simply ran past him at a speed that far outpaced Ramsey. He would go on to explain that the animal passed by so close to him that he could smell the rankness wafting off of it as it sped past. And yes, frankness was what he used to describe that. Once the monster was in front of him a ways, he stopped and stood in front of an area known as a spinny in England. According to Google, a spinny is a small area of trees and bushes. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, yeah I, I, I've literally no idea. When you said spinny, I was like, what? No, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> As Ramsey drew closer, the dog began to snarl and bark at him viciously. Ramsey said that he felt so threatened that he got off of his bike. There goes my dogs. He got off his bike as he thought he was going to have to defend himself against this dog. But as he stood next to his bike, a car plowed through the spinney from the other side with no lights on and drove directly over the dog. Reeves stopped far enough to react in time and jumped off of the street and into a nearby bush. When he got up, he witnessed the car continuing on its journey and immediately went to see if he could find the dog to try to give it help. He was shocked to discover that the dog was still in the same exact spot, completely unharmed, and now simply sitting there. Then it faded away and completely disappeared. So what do you guys think? I don't know. So we got phantom. Uh, we got phantom cars now. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> oh god! I it was Ron and Harry in their magic flying car. <laughs> no, I think I think I think flying the car the Wampus, was Wampus Willow. The car, the driver was drunk, and he drove through the spinny, which is supposed to be like a little. I think it's like a divider. I think that's what we call it here in the states. A windrow, like maybe. A what? A windrow. It's a uh, basically a wall of trees, and it's to block out the wind. Hmm. They're called oh, windrows. Canada. <laughs> we don't yeah, have we those. Just right? it a divider. <laughs> we just call it a divider. I think that's what um, a what a spinny is. Right? Is like that little island in the middle of the road where there's grass on it. I think that's what it is, and it's got some bushes and whatnot. Uh, I think this is just you know. A drunk driver who blew through the the divider, and uh, if this guy didn't stop short, he would have been killed. Um, and he he blamed his uh, his saving on this black dog, which is something that we see in a lot of stories. 
But do you think the black dog was actually there or he just said it was? Well, that that's the question. You know, that's the question with every single one of these yeah. stories. And that's the same question with not just black dog stories, but anything, Bigfoot or whatever. You know, so you have to take everybody's story with a grain of salt. And this is what I was saying during, I think we were talking about it in 1.5, where it's the sheer number of these black dog encounters and lore behind it that gets me intrigued and thinks that there might be something here. Now, is this particular story true? I don't know. But this does have a lot of hallmark black dog uh, traits, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Barking and getting a reaction out of somebody um, is something that the black dog, no matter where it is in the world, does right mm-hmm. uh we've talked about a couple different uh encounters already in other in the other episodes where this where this creature um acts malevolent but you know we even talked about the idea maybe it's acting rude and mean to get you to stop it needs to do that right. in order to get the reaction that it's it wants so that's what this sounds like to me um I don't have any reason to believe that this man didn't see a black dog. I mean, the 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 matter of the story, the matter of fact is that this guy didn't die by getting hit by a drunk driver. Right? And I mean, yeah, but his reaction was so weird. It's just like I see this big old gnarly dog and I think I'm going to have to Bite it somehow, and so I get off my bicycle where I could move faster than I could ever move on my legs <laughs> well, in order to get away from this thing. It's such a weird like circumstance. Well, just like, let's, yeah, that that happened. Ask yourself: Could you outrun or could you outpedal a dog running? Yes. You think so? Yeah. I don't know, man. Dogs I don't know if fast. you'd be able to at least have a better chance. One, but definitely a better chance. Yeah, you'd be able to keep up with it for a little bit at least. I think. I, th- I think be able- I think depending on what kind of dog it is, it yeah, could, that it would make a huge you down for sure. Yeah, it would make a big factor. I mean, if I was in the guy's position, I probably would have just turned around and pedaled away, right, and just said, "All right, well, I'm going to go a different route." Even if he did that, though, he got the reaction, or the dog got the reaction that um, he wanted, and it wanted. Basically, the guy got into a fight or flight situation said all right let's throw hands <laughs> and uh yeah. <laughs> you know and he's getting mauled by a dog today <laughs> and he he like he he went to go fight this 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 black dog and all of a sudden the dog threw a car at him <laughs> <laughs> so um that's the english way boys that's the way to do it long story short the guy's okay so you know how not biting not biting on this one huh jake yeah it's just it's so weird it's just like it sounds like something that someone would say if they're making something up in order to not sound like a weenie just be like i got off my bike because i knew yeah yeah i'm still in my so we just had another mess up from the program that we used so hopefully we're good i don't know where we left off jake you were talking about how weird it was and how the guy could have been a weenie and was like, yeah, I mean, for because 15 minutes of fame, the circumstance of the story sounds like someone who would be making something up in an effort to not sound like 
like a weenie of saying like <laughs> i saw this crazy big dog and then you know or whatever it's just like it, it's such a weird circumstance because there's just no way, right? I'm going to I'm going to get off my bicycle and I'm going to fist fight this dog. Like a, even a you know, like like pitbulls. Pitbulls aren't very big, right? They I guess they could be, but you know, the, the amount of people that get, you know, mauled by pitbulls from abusive homes and stuff is is freaking crazy. Dalmatians maul people, like <laughs> all these sorts of things. It's just like such a weird circumstance. Like people know that wild dogs are incredibly dangerous or you know uh, feral dogs are dangerous you know whatever it's just like a weird story to tell people of just like i saw this crazy big dog that was barking and snarling at me and then i just knew i had to fight it so then i got off my bicycle and then you know to approach this dog to to give it you know a good old one two and then this car drove through the area you know almost almost crushed me and you know it's just like a very strange chain of events to happen versus like yeah i'm riding my bicycle and i saw this crazy big dog and i'm just like all right bye <laughs> it was <laughs> my right away right <laughs> it's as if i could ever you know outrun a dog that wanted to get me right yeah versus maybe on a bicycle but i sure as heck have a better chance you know <laughs> That's crazy. It's very strange. I think. Well, I think with with sorry, sorry to interject, guys. I mean, when you say about the stories, no, it, it, it sounds like. I mean, like, I think it loses a little bit because of, um, not to be bloody racist, but because it's an American saying it. If it was an English person saying it, <gasps> no, 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 listen, man, listen, a listen, hear me out. <laughs> That's man. what he is. He's a nationalist. No, 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 because you're saying you're saying stuff. You're saying, you're saying stuff like, oh yeah, because he was a weenie in this. Right, this is how it's going to go down in a pub. If it was in a pub. He'd go, you're hearing me out, right? I was riding my push bike, and then all of a sudden, I see this bloody great dog behind me, and I thought, God. So I jumped off it, put my hands up. I was going to give the old one-two and the old mush boy. And that's how they talk. And it's like, that's how they would have said it to everyone in the pub. And everyone would have gone, oh, did you do it then? Or did you run away? No, I didn't run away. I was ready to do it. I was ready to, I was ready to do it. And then all of a sudden, this car just ran it over. And everyone in the pub, because they're all pissed up, they're all drunk as well, and they're going, wait, go on, John, tell us the story. And then everyone's drunk together. Yeah. Everyone's drunk and happy happy together, and they go, God, did you hear about John and his big black dog? Go and ask him. Go and ask him. And I can tell you, being an English person, I've been in the pub with drunk old men, and you listen to their stories, and you're like, this is absolute horseshit, man. But you like, but they say it with, <laughs> but they say it, they say it with such conviction, and all their mates are around them going, "Yeah, yeah, tell them, tell them how you did that." Yeah, I did that as well, and you just think, "Oh God." So yeah, I think maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's part of it as well. Not to say that the American story of it isn't, uh, you know, the American way of saying it isn't correct. But I just thought I'd throw me a English accent in there for everyone. That's uh, yeah, it's perfect. That's but, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're jiving. <laughs> It was a bar story. It was the fish that always got bigger. <laughs> Every yes. time it was told, it added an inch yeah. you know, to the fish size. That's funny. It was, it was, it was the three-foot sturgeon that suddenly turned into a ten-foot sturgeon. That's right. <laughs> All right, last one. You guys ready? Yep. Zip. Wow. W.T. Watson describes a story from W.H. Barrett's book, East Anglian Folklore, about Sam Rudd's encounter 
with a ghostly black dog on the beach in Salt House, Norfolk. A heavy mist had settled over the beach when Rudd began to hear a very loud howling of a dog from a decent distance away. The howling got so loud and disturbing that Rudd went home. To his surprise, his father was already disturbed by the sound that seemed to be louder than anything any normal dog could make. Rudd's father went to the second floor of the house and opened a window and looked out into his lawn with his shotgun in hand. There, he saw a black dog sitting on his lawn. The father took aim and unloaded what he described as a half a pound of swan shot, translating to several shots, which failed to affect the animal in any way. The father told Sam that he was convinced that it was the black shuck, and that he was thankful that Sam made it back inside unharmed. But the dog kept howling for an unknown amount of time. The next day, the Rudds awoke to the dog no longer anywhere to be found and bullet holes peppered all over their outhouse as a result of the ammo going directly through old Shuck. So what do you guys think? That's it. That's all I got. That's a great cover for a, a drunken episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, son, go out. Go to go take go go to the bathroom real quick. I got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, stop! <laughs> it was the shuck. <laughs> but next time, clean your room when I tell you to. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, I mean, that was that. I put that one in there because wow. it was an example of. Uh, you know, one of the examples of uh, somebody trying to do harm to one of the animals and it just not being you know, capable of doing so. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, that's that's it, guys. That is uh, that and the uh, part one and part one point five together kind of builds the English folklore or the English belief in the black dog. I like it. It's cool. Yeah, man. Is it? Fun stuff. Is it? Yeah. I mean, even if it's easily explained, it's still cool. Is it? You know, you can have, I agree. You can have local folklore and, and, you know, stories and all this sort of tradition and all that sort of stuff. And even if it's easily explained, it's still cool. You know, this is, this is exactly what the paranormal network is saying right now. All the listeners and, you know, watchers of the paranormal network are like, oh, so Infinite Rabbit Hole doesn't believe in shit and talks about two hours about it. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe in that. I, I tell people this all the time, though. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. The conversation is still interesting to have. So why not have it? Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I I really like uh, one particular one that we're going to cover. We're going to cover a particular Black Dog Legend. Um. That's really cool. So can't wait to get into that one. Oh, I have the death whistle here. Oh, do you? Yeah. I, I think I I think I said Amazonian death whistle. Sorry, Aztec death whistle. Aztec death It's not I don't think it's actually modeled off of anything like that was ever discovered, but it makes the same sort of sound. And if you can imagine so this is what it looks like. Oh nice. If you if you're just listening to this I'm sorry, you should really get on the Paranormal Network YouTube channel so you can see the things that we're, that we're looking at. But yeah, it makes the same sound. So if, I'm going to blow this thing. I'm going to push my microphone back and I'm going to blow into it. If you could imagine like a thousand of these blowing 
and then you're just waiting for your inevitable death. And as you know, the sound gets closer through the trees and you can hear the hoots and hollering and screams of people and also these going on. Extreme psychological warfare, right? But anyway, I'm going to blow this thing inside of the screaming woods. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to be go. So much fun. It sounds so cool, especially from the perspective of someone who doesn't believe in this sort of stuff. I don't get all like freaked out and all hokey. If I go into the woods, I'm scared of like things that are in the woods. Like, Last time I, when I was over at that Dinky tr- Creek trip and we heard Bigfoot and stuff, there was also a mountain lion. I'm scared of real stuff in the woods, right? <laughs> so that's like, you know, I'm not we're like, oh, the ghosts. No, I'm worried about getting mauled. And like, you know, I never see my family again because a, a, a grizzly bear gets me, right? So it's like, but yeah, I would love to go there and, and just, you know, sit it out and hear all the, all like prime time for the foxes screaming into the screaming woods right and then i'm definitely making a shirt i survived one night in the screaming woods into <laughs> rabbit hole on the back but do it, do yeah, it. if you guys are ready i'll, I'll give this a whistle <laughs> oh sorry locked up <laughs> what happened oh that's oh, scary that man that's that's so scary <laughs> oh my oh no Oh, oh, you no. broke it already! Oh, I broke it. Oh, you busted it! Way to go! I, I that loud. is terrifying. Did you hear it at least? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The beginning well, sounded really like terrifying. it sounds like banshee. Yeah, it does. It did. That was nuts. A little, a little tiny squirt. That's all you got. A little, a little poop. It's like a little, <laughs> and that's it. I thought impending yeah, death happened. would sound scarier than that, dude. But okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I'm not going to kill you, but you know, maybe something will. Maybe this is the harbinger of death. Who knows? You know, <laughs> maybe it's the, the shot. The black dog takes every form you could possibly think of. So, oh yeah. well, those that stayed for just this is oh, he's muted. Oh, that's weird. I can't get it. No. Oh. <laughs> I think that's what happens when you get something on Amazon for like thirty bucks. Yep. But I'll get a new one, and then we'll do it, and then yeah, and then I'll blow your mind. And you'll be like, "Whoa, Whoa that is like, scary!" Right? <laughs> he broke another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, Adam, go ahead and uh, tell everybody. All of our listeners and all our viewers on the Paranormal Network, where can they listen to you talk to others? Uh, yeah, uh, basically, if you go onto Google and just type in TFTAK podcast, you'll find it everywhere. It's on Spotify, Google Podcast, um, everywhere, basically. Uh, so, yeah, TFTAK podcast, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Hit, hit me up, man. And that is the Tales from the Andam Tales from the Animal Kingdom podcast. Go check out the ones uh that the Infinite Rabbit Hole crew did on the show. They're awesome. We talk about how whales are gonna come on land and take over the world and uh a bunch of other really awesome stuff. But before yeah, but... we leave for the day, Jake fixed his little death yes. whistle and uh he wants to share that with everybody. Yes. All right. <laughs> Definitely sounds like a banshee. <laughs> it's crazy, nuts, dude. Yeah, man, dude, I'm good. so gonna get one of those, 
and I blow want one too. <laughs> every night into the Wisconsin woods when I move up there. Every night. Oh, you sh- totally should. Yeah, it's <laughs> so get... crazy. And I guess it's like depending on like the size of it, you can have different notes as far as like how high pitched it is and how low pitched it is. But it's it's pretty cool. Adam, it was great having you here with us. Yeah, man, thank you good. for joining yeah. us on this episode. It was it was awesome having you, having you having you back, but in this but instead being on a, on our show so we could host you and and hear your thoughts on this and stuff and sorry that Jeremy wasted his time with all the black dog stuff and it was totally, you know, made up, but you know, <laughs> it was great to have you regardless. <laughs> Dude, no, maybe you. we'll come on to your show again and talk about real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, you're always welcome. All of you, you know, any any time you want, just hit just hit me up. We'll see. Maybe we can get uh, the elusive Jeff to join one day. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be good. Probably it's good not. to see him. It's good to see him. We'll try. <laughs> yeah. Whitney just texted me. She said, "You just scared the poop right out of my butthole." <laughs> 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 and then sent me a sent me a, a gift that says, "Stop it." <laughs> 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 oh that's fantastic leaving that in the episode that's staying she's gonna kill you yeah yep. she's gonna be like really like, Jeremy edited me. yeah <laughs> too uh, good no too Adam good. dude huge pleasure man I'm sorry that we went through all that BS in the beginning and it's now been three hours since we planned to start this episode um you're a trooper, dude. Appreciate you. Ah, uh, uh, it's cool, man. What's three hours is nothing. Three hours is nothing. If it's got good company, that's all what matters. Well, I appreciate that. You don't really know us yet, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. Well, uh, does anybody have anything else to put out before I go ahead and close this up? No. No, I think I'm I got a new tapestry. All right, I'm good. That's it. Follow follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, join our Facebook group. All that. Leave stuff. us a voicemail, please. We love the voicemails. Go to the website. Leave us a voicemail. Absolutely, because I don't want to keep it. using Jake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to be like, this is Jake from the Infant Rabbit Hole, and here's the the Aztec death whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should do that. You should do that. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, that's been another yeah, that's episode gracious. of the infinite rabbit hole where we talk two hours about nothing that we believe in. And uh, thank you. Thank you for spending and wasting two hours of your life. Listening to us talk about all kinds of dumb, awesome stuff. Until next time, travelers, we'll see you in the next path of the infinite rabbit hole. Bye. 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 Adam, say bye. Laters, taters. <laughs> <laughs>